Allie, it is such a pleasure to welcome you to the HN House podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. You're a woman who needs no introduction here. And for those <laughs> who don't know, Allie is the brilliant mind behind Dry Bar. So I think we've all been to a Dry Bar at some point um, in our life here. And you recently just wrote a book called The Messy Truth that just launched. And I'm excited to chat because you know, what really resonated with me, which we just spoke about before, is that the, you know, as a founder, the book really kind of like pulls back the curtain a little bit and just allows people to also just feel a little bit more authentic with themselves. Um, and I know this is going to resonate with the HN House community because that's everything that we stand for here. It's really just pulling back the curtain and showing people, you know, what it really means to be an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. So we talk a lot about the real truth about entrepreneurship and the not so sexy side of things and just so happy that more founders are pulling back curtains. So let's dive in here. Um, you embrace the mess in this book. I mean, quite literally, mm -hmm. right? Talking about on the title, you know, what's happening. And I love that this was a core theme throughout the entire process in your book. At what point, I'm just curious in your journey, did you realize that this was part of your identity, you know? Mm. When did you realize that this was going to be a core part of this book? Well, you know, I appreciate, you know, your perspective. And I think that there is this, like, I think we are starting to break down this kind of glamorized version of being an entrepreneur, which has really gotten, which is great, you know, how much attention entrepreneurs are getting and that entrepreneurs have, you know, are really having a moment and, you know, kind of like this, this new, you know, cool club to be in. Um, but there is, it's messy as shit, you know? And I don't think that, um, you know, there, I just don't, I'm just so transparent as a person, or at least I try to be. And mm -hmm. there is, there's so much, it's just, it's so both. And there's so many things that are so amazing. And like, listen, my life changed for the better in a million ways my life also really fucking fell apart in a lot of ways. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's just life. And that is everybody's story. And I yeah. have found, and I think the reason I've been more compelled to really tell my story in as most authentic way as I can, because I know that's what resonates with people because everyone's, you know, dealing with everything I'm dealing with, you know, whether you're like an entrepreneur and founder of a company or a CEO, or you're, you know, an account executive or whatever your role, your life, your job is, no one's escaping the messiness that we all experience, yeah. you know, from like divorce and heartbreak and rehab and, you know, and bankruptcy and like just all the stuff. There's just so much that goes alongside the good and the bad, you know, and I'm, I'm definitely living proof that with like, we've all heard this without, you know, without the darkness, there is no light, you know, it's just, it's just two, two sides of the same coin that I've experienced, you know, with really high highs and really low lows. Um, you know, so I don't know what your question was <laughs> anymore, but that, that, that's what came to me. <laughs> and I really resonate with that too. And I, I openly share this, you know, on my podcast, I actually went through a miscarriage a year ago and you know, I went through grief. I, you know, lost my biological father, like running my company and, you know, like no one prepares you for the scale, like what it actually takes to also go through the hardship, but then also have to show up for your business at the same time and show up for your team at the same time. 
Um, you know, a lot of women in our audience, a lot of them are ex-corporate. A lot of them come from professional backgrounds and a lot of them are feeling, you know, this pressure to look polished and look professional, which is kind of on that same thread of, you know, being authentic to yourself. What are your thoughts and recommendations on just even your words of advice on releasing the pressure around showing up, you know, in this way? Like, what are some of the things that worked well for you to almost release that thought if you did feel that way? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's again, you know, two sides of the same coin. Like, obviously, like I built this empire on, you know, you know, quote unquote, looking your best. But I think what really the under the looking your best was actually feeling your best. And I think that's mm-hmm. what dry bar has afforded to so many women. It's like, you know, you can be having a really bad day and then go into dry bar and get a blow up, blow out and it'll lift your spirits, you know? So, and, and then it's also, you know, what I found is that a lot of women were going, we're not going into like an important meeting or a boardroom or whatever it was without mm-hmm. a blowout, just as like an extra layer of like armor and superpower, you know? But I also think that there's, on, on the same side of that, it's like also going in is like who you authentically are. And I, and the example that comes to mind is for me, you know, when we were first raising money and we, we were sitting in these rooms with private equity guys and there were, you know, a bunch of men in suits and I felt really intimidated. And I remember saying to my, my brother, Michael, you know, who's my business partner in Drybar, I, I was like, you know, should I wear like a suit? You know, I, I didn't know, you know, I was like, do I, you know, and this was like very early on. And he was like, no, I think go in as like yourself and like showing, showing who you are and be your authentic self. And, you know, he just had the presence of mind to know that because really at the end of the day, I I didn't want to sell a version of me that wasn't authentic to me. You know, it's like, I'm outspoken. I have very strong opinions. I like, you know, I I think I wore like a bright, like pink and yellow, like something crazy. Because I was like, this, this is where I was at at that point. You know, I do love a good suit, by the way. But, you know, more of the, like, me trying to fit into this, what I thought was the right thing to walk into a meeting like this, which, you know, I didn't. And there were definitely some investors that were like, did not understand me, did not understand the business. We're like, we're not putting a bunch of money into that girl, you know, which is fine. But it was, you know, it really helped kind of eliminate and whittle down the people that weren't going to be the best business partners with us, you know? So I think as you, as you, you know, like I said, I think it's like, you have to, you have to show up as your best self, but make Mm -hmm. sure you're being your actual self. You know, I think it's very easy for us to put on this, like, you know, this Mm -hmm. facade that's not necessarily true. You know, it's kind of like, which I talk a lot about in the book, this like imposter syndrome, which has like a negative connotation where it's like, if you're an, if you feel like an imposter, like it's because you're stepping into a role that you haven't done before. And so you're figuring mm-hmm. it out as you go, which is like pretty fucking awesome, you know? And like when I was, you know, running dry bar and when we started the company, I, I a hundred percent knew way less than I actually knew. You know, I had to figure out a lot. I had to ask a lot of questions. I had to make a lot of mistakes, you know? And, and I did in the early days try to like hide that because I felt like I was supposed to have all the answers. I was supposed to know everything because I was the boss and you're just supposed to know everything. And I've come full circle to realize, you know, a company is, is much better led by a leader who's like, Hey, I'm not sure about this. What do you guys think? You know, and, and, and to, and to create this environment where your team feels like 
A, not scared to say what they really think because they're going to get in trouble or fired or, or demoted or whatever, you know, and B, just creating this environment where people feel really compelled to, to, to say what they really mm -hmm. think, to, you know, to offer up their, their authentic feelings on something, you know, which creates this environment of like, I want to work for a company like this. I want to work for somebody who, let, who lets me say what I really think. Which, which always inevitably spurs on something else. And it's just such a great creative process. So, you know, I mean, I think it all, all comes down to being like really your authentic self, which I think is we can all get kind of lost in like being mm -hmm. what we think we should be versus what we really are. You know, that is so good. I hope listeners are just like pausing, jotting things down right now because this is so good. <laughs> I'm in the um, process right now of developing an app and a new community um, social club. And it's it's so interesting. We're, I mean, we're not raising any money yet, but we have been working on this and I've been taking such a big risk. And what's really interesting is I resonate with that so much because this is like the first time in a while where I've really felt the imposter syndrome, but it's like stepping into that next level, which I love that you said that. Um, so on the same thread of what we were talking about before, you know, with the book itself, and I'm going to try not to spoil the book as much as possible. Um, so you guys need to grab it. I'm going to put it in the show notes here. You talk a lot about, you know, some of the transitions that you went through in, in life. You went through a lot of life experiences, um, good and bad that you talk about, you know, in the book and you've had curveballs that were thrown at you. So, you know, you talked a little bit how you kind of navigated that, but like, what are some of the things that you've done to really like now integrate like the business and life integration as you were going through that process, right? Um, any, anything that helped you when you were navigating some of those, those lows while running dry bar? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a, I, I want to say the word balancing act, but I actually have a chapter in the book that says bal balance is bullshit, which I believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's it's not, it's I think when I think of like the, the balance, balance isn't really the right word because when you're 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 mm -hmm. kind of having to summon yourself to the surface to do yeah. what needs to get done. And even if you have that like pit in your stomach and you know that like you know, in my case, I was going through a divorce and I had a son who was, we had to put in rehab and it was just, mm. uh, it was brutal. And listen, I wanted to stay in bed and put the covers over my head and I wanted to be sad and I was, but I also had a lot of responsibilities to a lot of people. And so I had to, and my other son and, and, you know, it's like, I just, I had to like, I think that's the, the thing is like, you have to be able to, you know, summon yourself to the things that are needed in your life, which really are the things I think that, that help you get through those hard times and those hurdles. It's like, how am I showing up for other people? Like, how am I, you know, showing up for all the, the things and people that need my attention, you know, versus mm -hmm. being, you know, and, and again, and I think that that's, that was kind of my experience. I mean, I was doing a lot of things. I was like going to therapy three times a week. I went to onsite, mm -hmm. which I took like six days on site is this amazing foundation that I'm actually on the board of. It's in Nashville or an hour outside of Nashville where you, it's a, a therapeutic center where you go. They have lots of different programs that you can do. But the, you know, the one I did was like, you go, you can take your phone for six days, which is like fucking awesome too. Um, and it's so great mm -hmm. to, you know, it feels hard in the moment, but then it's like, oh, it's so nice to not be on your phone. Um, mm -hmm. But it really gives you a chance to like decompress. And I really needed to take that time. And you know, my team was very supportive of that because they knew what I was going through, which, which by the way, as a side note, you know, 
which I, which I talk about a lot in the book and just in general, like, you know, you're only as strong as your team, you know, and having a great team of people around you, um, you know, is that your business doesn't implode if something crazy happens in your life or something that, that demands your attention. And, and I, I definitely felt that because I needed to take a little bit of time for myself, which like people should do if they need it, you know, to, to like regroup. And, you know, and I think, we kind of live in a society that doesn't allow people to grieve things the way they need to and, and mm-hmm. give them time. And so, you know, but if you have a strong team around you and you have the opportunity, like, like I was lucky enough to have to go get off the grid for a week and, and spend mm-hmm. some real time with myself and like, you know, and, and because, you know, again, this is not a new concept, but it's kind of like putting your oxygen mask on first. It's like, if you're not taking care of yourself first, you're kind of not going to be good to anybody else. You know, and for me, that was kind of what I was trying to, to get to is like, I can't be great for my kids or, you know, my business and people I work with and the women who, mm-hmm. you know, so beautifully support dry bar if I'm not taking care of myself first and foremost. So I think that was kind of, um, you know, how I, how I approached it and, and I read a ton of books and got as much like, you know, knowledge as I could of how to navigate a really hard time. And, and, you know, and I was somewhat transparent with it, like on social media and that kind of stuff, just as like, Hey, my life isn't, it's not, it's not a party. It's not glamorous all the time, you know? And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and I very much, you know, believe in that and, you know, some things I, I, I more private about, but anyways, yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's all part of the journey. I love that you said that. And that's something that we talk a lot about to age and house as well is like the, when I saw that, that balance is bullshit. I was like, yes, it's so true. We talk a lot about like the integration of it as well. So I just appreciated that. So kind of shifting gears here more towards like Thank the you. business side of things you mentioned in the book about the rise and fall of good ideas. And that chapter was so real where you're talking about raising capital and going through a sale. And I have another friend of mine who her husband just went through a, you know, a big acquisition as well. And I I've just heard the highs and the lows of going through an acquisition. And he mentioned, you know, you're going through the process of losing your identity, but it was kind of like that. I don't want to say breakdown before the breakthrough, but it allowed you to also see like what was next. So I'm just curious, like after, you know, you sold dry bar and now you're looking at the future, at what point did you realize your new direction? Did you, is it something where you had to kind of like settle into after the acquisition, this is what I want to do next or did that ultimately come to you? Did you know that beforehand? No, no, no. I didn't, you know, and, and I think you maybe said this before, like my identity was so tightly wrapped up in dry bar that mm. I was very, I've been very lost, frankly, since we sold dry bar. And I have been in this, like, what am I doing now phase of my life and what motivates me and where it's my purpose. And, mm-hmm. and again, to be totally transparent, I'm still in the throes of figuring that out. You know, we've started a handful of other companies like squeeze, which is our massage concept and which is, you know, off to the race, it's races, it's doing incredibly well. And, you know, I meant, I mentioned Brittany Driscoll, who's our, our CEO and co-founder, cause she was the head of marketing at dry bar and she's just a powerhouse and amazing. And, and she's running that business. And then we have Okay, humans, which is a therapy concept that's also such a such a such a needed thing in the world, mm-hmm. um, you know. And then uh, bright side, so you know, all of and I have a jewelry company, and I'm hosting a mastermind, and obviously this book, and it. so you know, it is a lot. I mean, I think people look at my life 
like I must be so busy and crazy. But you know, I the, the business those businesses now, I'm not in the day-to-day trenches and I by design, like by choice. I don't I didn't mm-hmm. I don't have any desire to start a company from the ground up again because again, anybody who's listening and you know, as you know, it is a lot of work and it, and you have to have like a certain like hunger, you know, for it and appetite for it. And I, I think having been through it and, you know, 10 years in dry bar, I just, I didn't, I didn't want to do that anymore. So um, yeah, I am in the, I am in the process of still figuring that out, which I think the big secret is we are always in process, you know, that there's always kind of like what's next what am I doing next and you know one of the things and I, I talk about this in the book because it was such a profound moment for me when someone asked me after we I had sold dry bar it had been maybe a year and a half or something and someone was like how do you you know feel about selling the business I was like oh I feel great I'm so happy like you know to be out of it and I you know I feel like I did all I could do and blah 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 and then they said how do you feel spiritually and I was like what mm-hmm. and I was like I never thought about that question and it really sent me on like a, a journey of like, oh my God, my identity is so wrapped up in this company. And now who am I? You know, and I'm and I'm very much on that <laughs> journey as we speak, you know, trying to figure out where I am. And I think there's also just something, and I, you know, I don't know the the age demo of your readers, but you know, I'm in my late 40s. And I think this just happens in this point in your life where you're like, you know, you've been go, 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 go for so long. And now you're like, you know, my kids are older and I have a son in college and another one who's going to be graduating soon. And it's just like a different, now you're in a different life phase. And and so what does that look like? And it reminds me very much of being in my twenties, different, but similar, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of starting over in trying to figure out where I want to be spending my time. And it looks very different, but there's, it, it is the same kind of, you know, battle of like, oh, what, what, what lights me up now? You know, so I'm in, I'm in it trying to figure it out myself right now. I love that. And, you know, I'm just curious to, you know, with the highs and lows of, of the acquisition itself, we actually have several people in our community that are, you know, building their companies up to sell, or they might be in the process or early stages of acquisition. I'm just curious if you can just like, even just like risk quickly on, you know, obviously like what were some of the highs, but also maybe like what were some of the lows that some of the listeners yeah. can maybe even just be prepared for as they're going through the process? Yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, if you're right, if you're, if you're starting a business to primarily sell it, you know, I have, I wish you could see my face right now with the <laughs> listening, but my, my, you know, I, I think that that for me anyways, isn't, isn't like, the overarching reason to start a business. And it really was not my, if you're driven, I mean, listen, it's good to be driven by money and we all are, of course, to some degree. But for me, when we were starting Drybar, I was I was very driven by like what we were doing, what we were delivering, like what I was able to like, how I was able to spend my time every day. I felt so lucky mm-hmm. that that's what I got to do. And then the fact that it blew up and we realized we were really onto something and we were going to you know, potentially sell this thing for millions of dollars, like, Yes, that's amazing. Like, <laughs> wow, you know, I didn't, that wasn't though what I intended to do. So I just want to say that from the get go. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're in this, if you're in this, I just want to like sell my business for millions, but I don't really love what I'm doing. Like, that just doesn't work in most mm-hmm. of the time. And, I, and I'm not the only person who said that. I've read lots of books from lots of different leaders who they, everybody kind of says this because it's true that, you know, you want to make sure you're coming from this as a place like, I love doing this no matter what the outcome is. 
first and foremost. That said, you know, when you are getting to the point where you're considering some sort of acquisition or going public, you know, it, it's, it's a journey. And if you've raised money, it's a similar journey. You know, it's like you're, you know, you're going through a formal process. It is as painstaking as anything you can imagine. It takes a very long time. People are not, my brother used to always say this, like people, rich people, private equity, whoever, they, they're not giving up their money so fast. You know, it is a, it is a very, you know, to, to start with like raising money, like being careful about who you take money from, because it is a marriage and it's, you really got to know who you're getting a business with because it, it's, it's just, it can, it can go really badly. And I've seen it go both ways. We were really lucky that, uh, Katz and Anne, now known as Stride, they, they were amazing mm-hmm. and, and we got lucky, but I've heard horror stories where they didn't get as lucky. But yeah, I mean, you know, when you're deciding to sell your business is, is a really good time to get, you know, and before you're even near that stage is to start vetting investment bankers and people who really understand your business and are going to be the ones, because that was my experience, even though my brother led that more than I did, you know, having, having people who knew who to go after when you're selling your business is incredibly important. And because mm-hmm. there's a, there's, there's a million potential buyers, but someone who can really come in and narrow down how to, how to really package and sell your business to the right people at the right time, at the right price, like all of that stuff, you just don't know unless you have great people around you who know that stuff. And, and that is, you know, a, a big lesson throughout the book and, and throughout my experience is like bringing in people who are smarter than you in certain areas. Like I didn't, we didn't know anything about selling a business and I didn't know any of what mm-hmm. I just said before we went into this process. Um, so, you know, recognizing what you know and what you don't know, what you need help with uh, way ahead of time. You know, it's also kind of our, was our philosophy yeah. on hiring. You know, we brought in a president of retail way before, well, we kind of needed her, but we were, we were really high. We would always kind of hire ahead of the curve because we knew mm. that we were going to, you don't want to be stuck where you're like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta hire this person because then you're just backpedaling. You're maybe hiring the wrong person and all this things. You know, I think it's the same thing as you start thinking about thinking about selling your business and what that might look like. That's the time to start, you know, talking to your friends who've sold businesses, like listening to a podcast that, you know, it talks more about mm-hmm. that and, you know, and really getting, you know, I, I believe that knowledge is power and really knowing how, how the process works and, and talking to people yeah. who have sold their business so you can understand the ins and out of, outs of it. I mean, it took us over a year to close the deal. You know, I mean, it is a long drawn out process. It's incredibly distracting to your business, you know, just like raising money is, but you, you know, so you got to be like ready for all of that. Sometimes that distraction can be really harmful to your business and you don't want your business to start imploding while you're trying to, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it's a lot of different facets to it. Um, and, and you have to, you really want to think all those things through before you start thinking about a sale. Ooh, this is so good. Um, <laughs> so many notes here, like mentalness, I'm like, I need to come back to this and listen to this. <laughs> One last question on raising money because you brought that up too, which is another thing that I think sometimes too in the entrepreneur world becomes this sexy glamorized thing of, oh, I'm raising VC funding for my company. Um, and you mentioned too that while yes, obviously it's great to expand the company, but also it can be like a double-edged sword too, because you need to find the right people. Any tips or recommendations for people that might be thinking about wanting to expand their company and wanting to use VC money to do that? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's a it's a really personal question. You know, for us, I really struggled with 
raising money because I had this, you know, idea in my head that I didn't want to give up equity, which I think is like a pretty natural Mm -hmm. stance of a lot of, you know, founders. And what, you know, a conversation my brother and I had a lot of like, do I want to own a, you know, a small piece of a big pie or a big piece of a small pie, you know? And it's like, obviously I want to own a small piece of a very big pie, which is really where things ended up going. But it was, it's not, that's not the right answer for everybody. You know, it's like, you look at a business like Spanx, like, you know, I, I, Sarah Blake, they didn't, I I think I have this right, that they didn't raise any money. I mean, they just recently Mm -hmm. did, but um, the majority of them, that company has been in business, I don't know, 20 something years and they, they didn't raise money. And I'm pretty fucking envious of that because that wasn't my experience. And I was like, wow, you know, she didn't, they have, they, they, they sold, I mean, it's crazy. You know, it's, it's, we, Mm -hmm. We weren't in that kind of position because, well, first of all, we want, we knew that we needed to, to grow quickly because we had a lot of people on our coattails. Mm-hmm. We knew that we, if we needed, if we wanted to be the market leader, which we became, we were going to have to move quickly. H- however, we could have made the decision and we had lots of conversations about this. We could have, you know, said, you know what, we'll grow more organically, but, you know, drive our location were expensive, you know, almost half a million dollars to open a location. So it's not, you know, even though all of our stores were profitable, that we didn't have that kind of cash lying around to open more stores. So, you know, so we, we did need to go and, and raise money. And that was a choice to grow faster. I, you know, I have friends who started companies and they have made the choice to not grow fast. And I, and I really respect that, you know, to grow at a slower pace, you know, driver could, we could have opened maybe two stores a year on our own ish, mm-hmm. you know, two or three stores. But we knew we needed to open more if we were going to really continue this and make it like into what it became. And that was the decision we made, you know, and, and I think that as you as as you're exploring raising money, it's like thinking about what's important to you as your end goal. It's mm. such a personal decision. Like, like how do how do you want to grow? You know, someone who has whatever the business is and they have a couple of shops and like they want to be able to be with their kids and they want to, you know, have a certain lifestyle, like they might not, they might just be like. I'm going to, we're going to chill here for a while mm-hmm. and then, and then reevaluate in a couple of years when my kids are in school or whatever the case may be, you know, so it's really personal because if, if the, the other, the other side of that coin is that if you do raise money from VC or private equity, or even angels to some extent, you, now you have responsibility to a lot of other people, you know, so mm-hmm. your business is not just your own anymore. You don't have that luxury of like, yeah, I'm not, we're not going to raise money right now. We're going to stay at three stores and that feels right. You know, it's like, now you have that added pressure of like, oh, we gotta, we gotta make money because we have investors. And the only reason people really invest in businesses is because they think they're gonna get a return. You know, and if you're, you know, which is a whole other conversation of mm-hmm. like, I just spoke to an entrepreneur yesterday who was like, has this great business, but I'm like, I don't know who the buyer of this thing is because they wanted me to invest in it. And that is mm-hmm. like, that is a question that I think about and that I've gotten from people who I was trying to raise money from. It's like, I don't, I don't see a buyer in something like this, not, not dry bar, but you know, in, in other companies. So it's like, you also have to think about that, you know, because again, Mm -hmm. back first thing I said that if you're, if you're in this only to sell it, you better know that too, at the beginning, like who is a buyer, which, you know, private equity is, is, is sometimes, and a lot of times a buyer, you know, cause they say they recognize Mm -hmm. a great business, but you know, these are all questions you know, to ask yourself and to yeah. and to ask other people in your world who've been down this road before because it's really overwhelming and complicated. 
It really is. But I feel like I just got an entire like MBA lesson just <laughs> <by> this conversation. <laughs> um, you are just incredible. And I have so many takeaways already from this short chat here. So now Thank that, you. okay, driver acquisition done. You have this beautiful book that you just produced. We're getting close to 2024 here. Um, what is next for you? It's a very good question. Uh, you know, there's, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, my, my focus has very much been on this book for a long time and getting this out the door. You know, I'm really, I'm, lo I'm really loving the mastermind that I have, mm -hmm. you know, which is called Blueprint, which is, you know, which is like a six month container with like very established, mm -hmm. not established, but not completely established, but somewhat established, um, you know, entrepreneurs who are looking to, you know, I, I think that, I don't know, the best way I think to answer your question in this moment is, mm -hmm. is my kind of desire to serve and give back is mm -hmm. what I'm kind of choosing to focus on. And that's like largely through the mastermind, largely through my book, which is, you know, is as much of a tutorial and like, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, like you said, getting a peek behind the curtain as you, as possible to help other entrepreneurs. And, you know, I, I speak on a platform called intro, which is where I'm talking to entrepreneurs about their businesses. And, you know, I think that the way things are going, um, is, is really in this give back mode. You know, I also like, I volunteer quite a bit at CHLA in Los Angeles. And I, I really think that is where I am being called to. And I think a lot of that is, you know, coming out of my own hard times and things that have been hard for me, you know, the, the feedback I've gotten from the smart, very more spiritual people around me is like, you gotta, you gotta just give back, keep giving back, keep giving mm -hmm. to other, keep serving. And that is really where I'm kind of at at this point in my life of like, how do I help out others? You know, and that comes in the form of giving back a lot of entrepreneurial advice. Some of it's just giving my time to people who are in need mm -hmm. and so I think that's the best answer I have. I don't know if that, I don't know what 2024 is going to look like, but that's, <laughs> that's what I got right now. And I think you're doing such a beautiful job too, like you said, with intro, with the book and just sharing that knowledge as well. So I just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast and just sharing it all. And I'm excited to, you know, drop the link in here for our listeners and just appreciate you for taking the time out because I'm telling you, this was like a, a business school lesson in a podcast episode. So <laughs> oh, that's, that's so nice, um, you know, and it, it's funny to be in that kind of position. Cause I, I, I certainly don't think of myself as that, you know, but, um, there is a lot of stuff stored up in my brain, which is again, why I like being able to, you know, impart whatever I can and, and help other people who are like need to hear, hear stuff like this. So thank you for having me. Of course. And if you're listening to the podcast, you know, share on stories, share your key takeaways. I'll send you a DM um, and we'll be on for our next episode. Thanks so much.